Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. The oldest medieval shipwreck in British waters, dating back to the 13th century and made out of Irish oak, has now been given the highest level of protection by the United Kingdom government. However, it is perhaps the cargo of this ship that it was carrying that is the most interesting part of the story. Joining me now is Paul Jeffrey, Historic England's National Listing Manager. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon. Tell us, what exactly was this ship carrying when it sank and when did it sink? Uh, right, so we don't know exactly when it sank, but from dendrochronology, which is the method by which we can date the timbers uh, in its construction, uh, they were cut somewhere in Ireland between fourteen, uh, sorry, 1242 and 1265. So the ship itself would have been around the end of the 13th century. So the sort of 1270s, 1280s would have been when it was operating. And, and the... Sorry, the uh, the things that it was carrying are particularly interesting because they include trade items, uh, very heavy stone. So there are mortars uh, and various other things which were used for uh, grinding various uh, materials. But the most outstanding ones are some gravestones which are made of Portland stone, so from the south coast uh, of England, an area where stone was uh, regularly taken for use in churches and other places. And these gravestones surprisingly, were actually pre-carved with uh, decoration on them. So it looks like they were actually being produced at the quarry site, then they were being finished off, and then they were being transported as ready-made items uh, to other locations. So, for example, like we don't know, was was this gravestone particularly ordered for someone in particular, or was it more like business had like there there was a business of trading, just buying a headstone, and then whoever needed it would would get it? Yeah. So what we know is that they appear. We don't have any on land that aren't broken, uh, but we have quite a few uh, with similar designs on, which have been found around uh, the south and the west of England, particularly and further afield. So what it looks like, originally we'd assumed that these were designs that might well be uh, undertaken by local stone carvers and stonemasons. But it looks very much like what we're looking at here at quite this early date is an industrial process where these very expert um, stonemasons were actually carving these in large numbers. And they were then being moved by ship because obviously the roads uh, weren't very good for travel, uh, particularly with large heavy items at that stage. And they were then being sold. Uh, we, we don't know whether they're being ordered specifically or, or sold um, as they were, but because they were using these similar designs, it does look like we're looking at an early form of industrial production. And I hope this doesn't sound like a disrespectful question, but why did it take so long to discover this ship? If it's been there since the 13th century and presumably the the, the space between the UK and Ireland... Are, if I'm correct in what coast it was found off, how how does it take so long to discover a sunken ship? Uh, well, two reasons, really. Uh, first is the general one, and then I'll sort of mention the more specific. The general one is that there are thousands and thousands of shipwrecks around the coasts of pretty much everywhere, but certainly the UK and Ireland, uh, there's always been trade, uh, particularly between the Welsh and the English coast and, and Ireland, so that lots and lots of wrecks so you literally um, find it very difficult to identify individual ones. 
with wrecks like this, what's happened is the reason it's pres- being preserved, because quite often ships of these days, because they're so rare, it, it, or the reason they're so rare is because the timber perishes if it's accessible on the sea surface uh, to worms and to other marine life. So this one was buried, uh, as many of the better ones are, in a mound of material. And it's only once it was identified by uh, a volunteer uh, charter skipper who got some divers involved uh, because there was a hazard to shipping that was showing up as a lump on the seabed Uh, he got them to have a look and at the same time a storm had removed some of the sand from it so the timbers and some of the cargo were partially exposed otherwise we still wouldn't know what that lump on the seabed was. And how do you discover then after you find that that the wood that you've seen the timber is made from Irish trees like how do you sort of geolocate where the timber is from? Yeah, so there are, there are two kind of techniques. The, this um, ship is what's called clinker-built, so it's made from overlapping uh, quite thick planks. And those planks, the ends of them, show the tree rings from the trees uh, from which it was uh, cut down. So what we have around the world are some very good uh, records now of the tree growth in different places. And tree growth creating those rings depends on uh, the width of those rings depends on things like how cold a winter is, how hot a summer is, and that will lead to either greater or lesser growth. So we had a long enough sequence in a lot of those planks to be able to, uh, which sort of ran uh, decades uh, kind of uh, length of time, that we were able to compare them against samples. We started with England and then uh, going wider afield, it was clear that it was uh, within Ireland itself that the timber had been grown. And we know that at that time, timber um, was being grown that was very good quality for ships and was actually, not only were ships being built in Ireland, but wood was being exported to England and to the continent uh, for people to build ships from that wood. So uh, Irish uh, timber at that time was considered to be a, a very desirable material for shipbuilding. What a fascinating system. It's like fingerprints for trees. Um, is there Absolutely. a chance that on this ship and this shipwreck, which has, has it's been brought to land now, has it? Has it been brought up or is it still being... Uh, no, no, it's, it's protected in situ. What we're doing at the moment is looking um, at its stability because it's at risk from a number of factors. One is the moving sand. So if that uh, increases, then that's uh, a good thing. It covers it over. If it's taken off, then obviously it exposes more of the wood and the contents to this micro life um, in the sea. And one of the things that is an issue at the moment is climate change. So we're getting warming of the waters, which means that we're getting more worms and sea life, which attacks timber coming up uh, from southern waters. So things like Toledo worm, which uh, was a real problem for ships uh, all through history if they had wooden hulls, if they sailed further south are now starting to come up into our waters. So we're looking at the impact potentially of some of that harm. We're looking at how we might protect the site in situ and or uh, putting a management plan in place for doing further research and, if necessary, uh, looking to possibly uh, lifting some more of the material uh, as that becomes under threat. Is there any chance that you could find any human remains under there or are we too far gone? Uh, It's highly unlikely. Uh, Any organic remains that weren't exposed are a lot less uh, likely to survive than timber over that period of time. And in that environment, it's unusual. 
However, because there is the mound over the top, what we don't know is whether when it wrecked, uh, the crew got off or whether some of them were still on board. So it's possible that there might be some human remains within that uh, mound inside the hull of the ship. Uh, but the chances are probably that there wouldn't be much surviving now. Paul, Jeffrey, thank you so much. It's fascinating. Keep in touch with the show if you discover anything else uh, very fascinating under there. We would love to keep in touch with that as you go about your, your dig. That is Paul Jeffrey, Historic England's National Listing Manager. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.